You know what, Sam? What? I hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We're just going to be reviewing the one and only Whalers Mike. That's the only game we have to recap. Uh, but yeah, we are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, of course, Sam, you just had to insert that into your one-liner. Who are you pulling for? Probably the 49ers. I am, too. Granted, we'll see, what, see how stupid we sound. Everyone who listens to this will hear how stupid we sound if the Chiefs win. So, <laughs> which yeah. I think they probably yeah. will win. But, you know, I am cheering for the 49ers. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't watch NFL. I'm more of a college person. Mm-hmm. But... Um, We'll see how that game goes. I'm going to a Super Bowl party, so Very yeah, nice. having a couple friends over myself, so we'll all enjoy watching the game. Yes, definitely. Uh, but this is not uh, a Super Bowl podcast. This is or football podcast <laughs> for that matter. Uh, but this is a Hurricanes podcast. So we're gonna go through some podcast news. Obviously, we have a great deal with SeatGeek. You get twenty percent off of your first purchase at SeatGeek. Is a great uh, deal that we have with them, and the promo code to use is Caniac Report, all one word, all uppercase letters. Uh, so yeah, y- use that. Another thing we have is we have a link uh, for a PayPal account to for you to donate, um, and um, if, if you do that, that is awesome. Um, but we do, but don't feel obligated to give. Um, basically want you to give because you actually feel like you want to because uh, you believe in us and this podcast. Uh, So that's all for podcast news. Uh, But now we're going to get to some NHL news. Sam, uh, NHL news, I didn't see much. Um, I did see Nikita uh, Zadaroff. Yeah, he got suspended too. Got suspended for two games. Did you see the hit last night? I did. Morgan Riley. Not Zadaroff, but Morgan Riley. I did not on see the Ottawa player. I did not see Morgan. Ryan. So I heard he got ejected though. Didn't so he? he did get ejected. It was at the end of the game. I mean, very end of the game. And basically, what happened was Ottawa scored an empty net goal, but the Ottawa player came in within about like five feet from the goal, wound up, and took a slapper into the empty net. And Morgan Riley took offense to that. So he came up and just cross-checked the guy right in the head. Hey, you scored. can't do that. I, I actually agree with the response, and Sheldon Keefe did too. It was kind of a sleazy, you know, you literally walk up to the empty net and just hammer like a slapper in. And I, you know, you criticize, we criticize Toronto. Everyone criticized Toronto for being too soft. And then, you know, we can't get mad when they aren't soft, so... I, I like the fashion and the fiery nature there from Morgan Riley because they need that if they ever want to win a cup anyway. I, I do agree that they do need that, but... Probably not a check I to mean, the head, but... Not, not a check to the head, and second, this is at, after the whistle is blown. They need to do it when the whistle is blown. Well, sorry, before the whistle is blown, when the actual game is going on, being rough. Uh, I just... I don't like the response from Morgan Riley, but at the same time, I think I, I think there's some positives to take 
out of that. I mean, you want to see fieriness. Absolutely. So. I was trying to see if I could find it real quick just um, so you can get your reaction yeah. to it. Because I thought it was, when I saw it, it really was more of like a shock to me. Um, just that a Toronto player got that aggressive, first and foremost. It's just, just not normal. I mean, you know that. It's not often you'll see a Toronto, a Toronto player get nasty with anybody. Yeah, true. And to be honest, I mean, um, who was the team there versing again? Ottawa. Ottawa. Ontario. There you go. Oh, boy. You guys are get, get to hear a live reaction to me watching this here. Oh, dang. Oof. Okay. Yeah. But did you see what the Ottawa player did? Yeah, I saw. It? Yeah. So he wound uh-huh. up, took a slapper right next to the goal for the empty net. But these are rival teams. Honestly, so. probably why I've done a foul is the ref has probably just been like, both of you, out. Probably. I mean, the That's only reason, the only reason Morgan Riley got ejected, it was to the head. Yeah, I, I would have probably yeah. let it go if it was like below the shoulders. But, you know, it you is can't do it is. head stuff. You just no, can't. But I understand the re- I agree with the reaction. I think his reaction was fair to get nasty and rough with the guy, just maybe not to the head. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, that was probably the most interesting thing that happened last night. Uh, but yeah, I guess it sounded like there was ejection. There was suspensions, ejections, majors, all kinds of fun stuff in the games last night. But that one was the most interesting to me. Yeah, that was interesting. Bizarro. Arizona, Arizona blew it. Yeah, they blew it against um, Nashville. Uh, Nashville. Yeah, because they were up in the third, and they lost in overtime, I believe. Mm. Well, I I saw a little bit of that because I was watching the hockey guy this mm. morning, so. Uh, yeah, uh, but that's pretty much it for NHL news. Uh, now we're going to some Hurricanes news, Sam. Um, news that we didn't really like to hear after the Colorado win, but Ronta got hurt. Yes, he did. He is out at least two weeks. Uh, we've said this before many times this season. We're going to say it again. Need a goalie. <laughs> yeah, mainly because you still really don't know when it's- Anderson's coming back and if he comes back you don't know what Anderson you're going to get that's just one of those where it's like he hasn't played almost the entire season so now there were scouts at the Minnesota Chicago game earlier this past week which makes me think Marc-Andre Fleury yeah I mean I think if you're looking at what Carolina does that makes sense Flurry would be a pure rental and someone you could probably get at a reasonable price. You're probably not going to have to give up a whole lot for him, and it gets them off the wild books. Um, and then Flurry can go wherever he wants in the offseason if he wants to play another year. I don't know, but you would think he would want to win a cup. Oh, or I have think, a chance to win a cup. And yeah, I would think so, too. And he, he, he's a goalie that's been there, done that. And he's if you want a cups. team that's like in contention, teams that just make sense for me that need goaltenders, Colorado. Carolina, New Jersey. I don't view New Jersey as a contender like this year. Flurry is not the answer for the Devils. Um, Toronto, New Jersey probably needs like a Gibson. They need someone with term. Um, Maybe Mark Andre Flurry is an interim fit for Philly, but I feel like for Philly also like a Gibson and a Markstrom make more sense. I know we were tied to Markstrom this week. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to me. To me, if we get Markstrom, I feel like that spells the end of Anderson in Carolina. 
Oh, I do too, but I just can't see. I I just can't see Markstrom coming here with that contract. No, like I said, if he comes here, then that means they're done with Anderson. Exactly. Or that means it's Freddie and Markstrom next season, and Pachekov's in the minors, and I don't agree with that either. And I don't think they can do that. I no, they can because this is the last year where he's waivers exempt. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe this is the last year where he uh, he'll be waivers exempt. So you can't just send him to the minors again. Mm-hmm. So next season you don't have a choice. But we have, um, I mean, but Rod last night after the win against New Jersey, said the dreaded line, not quite the same as our wonderful general manager says, but he basically said we like our group. Well, of course he does. Like, that's Stop not, saying that. I, I, I don't think he's wrong, but that shouldn't be an excuse to not get someone. And it's like, oh, we don't want to you know, mess up anything. And I'm like, okay. Um, Tampa Bay won two Stanley Cups by going on. He's just, he's just saying in. a safe answer. That's what he's saying. I hate it's a it. safe I hate answer. It. I hate it whenever They're I hear it. safe answers. I know our friend Matt from Kinect Sessions thinks this year's different. Carolina's going to be surprised us at the deadline. And I guess I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Cause this team, I'll believe it when I see it, too. This team really hasn't done it. And when they do it, they take advantage of teams who are cap-strapped. I just don't see any really good player out there that would fit that description of a team that needs to clear cap. Although they've gotten creative before at the trade deadline uh, with um, Max Domi, they had to get really creative with. Um, and no, and, and to and me, then that just makes Trocek, sense. Well, that was Gotten, a team. Well, well, look at Trocheck. Trocheck was a team Florida wanted to move on from the cap hit. Trocheck yeah. wasn't all that good in Florida. Or wasn't playing great in Florida. So we get him. He becomes pretty solid here in Carolina. Second line center. Um, probably not as good of a second line center as we wanted. But he became a decent second line center. He did. I actually, li- I actually really liked him. But that was a team that was cap strapped. And we got him at a discount. Then you can go look and you know, need a writer for Victor Rask. That was two teams just like we'll both take a gamble on the situation. Both of these guys have contracts that aren't so good right now because both of these guys are playing about the same. You know, comes to Carolina, complete overhaul in his game. He's outstanding. He plays unbelievable. Victor Rask goes to Minnesota, and Victor Rask has completely fallen off the face of the planet. And then you take a look at Brady Shea. That was another team. New York wanted to get rid of the cap. Carolina gives up a first. Only for that, re- that really two that firsts that out. year. That so, worked out really well for us. And it did work out. But these are trades that Carolina makes where they feel like they won the deal because they didn't give up what, you know, what a lot of teams would give up for these players because teams were in a position of they needed the dumb cap space. I just don't see anybody that's going to help this team that's in that position right now. I agree, but also I said the same thing when it came to free agency this past season, and look what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we got, the, the, I guess, technically the number one free agent out there, which was Dmitry Orlov. He was playing so much better this yes. second half than he was and in that the seems first to be what, how, 15, 20 games. And it seems to be how that's what happens with defensemen in this system. is They, they struggle initially, and then they kind of mold in. I mean, even, Burns was like that last year. Yeah, and I mean, even like the last two games, Colorado and 
um, New Jersey. I thought Pesci being out, I think Tony Tony looked really good. He hasn't played a lot lately. I mean, there was no glaring problems that I saw last night or against Colorado. Where I was like, oh my goodness, Tony, why did you? What are you doing there? So I thought his defensive game was very solid. I thought his offensive game was very solid. He's I, a his passing spin is just so good. And I think it really begs the question. And I would ask you this too. I mean. It makes you feel like, okay, Carolina might be in a position to move one of their UFA go- defensemen, right? I think Pesci being that defenseman, because I, I would prefer to keep Brady Shea. But I think it puts Carolina in a position where it's like, okay, we could move him. Go get... It depends what you're getting. Well, you if go you're get getting that second-line center, then i do it. You get someone who fits in your top six, whether that's the center or whether that is like a, like a goal scorer, right? I think that's what you look at, right? Either you get your number two center or you go get yourself a... a a uh, top six goal score. Yeah. Well, and if you honestly, Pesci, if you, uh, here's the thing. If you get a winger uh, from it, I'd be fine because honestly, I think Seth Jarvis could be a center. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, look, I honestly could. You go get yourself a top six. We'll just say top six center forward. Doesn't matter. Somebody yeah. who can help really help your top six. And then you go out and you can move like fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh, you know, like low picks and get yourself that seventh and eighth defenseman because I would get a seventh and an eighth defenseman. Um, so you I need, would go you, get you like. You need two extra defensemen. That's how deep you need to have uh, with mm-hmm. defensemen come playoff time. Yeah, so go get yourself like a Mark Stahl, like a Mark Stahl kind of player. And then if you really want a center, like an extra center, then you can sign Eric Stahl. Those are two cheap options for you to fill in that seventh defenseman, and maybe there's an eighth defenseman floating around out there. Um, not saying it is Mark Stahl per se. I'm saying a Mark Stahl-like defenseman, like a guy who's out there. Uh, maybe Brendan Smith. I know he's hurt right now, but if New Jersey falls off, maybe you can go bring him back. Uh, look at uh, Washington. They're going to probably have some guys to sell off at the deadline. Um, there are going to be teams who are going to look into sell off some older players. I'm sure Doesn't Chicago. Washington have Joel Edmondson? Yeah, so go get Joel Edmondson. But <laughs> Joel Edmondson's going to play, and I'm not looking. You know, he's going to cost yeah, a little bit yeah. more. So you just go look for teams I love, that are... I loved Edmondson when he was with us. I did too, but Edmondson is, doesn't fit, I don't think, at the moment. I think he may have been a good fit last year and the year before where we actually needed like a sixth defenseman. Yeah, because just—it wasn't a good skater for us last year i mean go ahead and you know if you want to bring dehan back bring him he's gonna be the seventh guy he's gonna be pissed to be here because i don't think he wants to come back to carolina but you know you just, hey we thought that after his first um well he complained here he complained after his second stint here so it's like okay but you know it's that dehan mark stall trevor van reemsdyke kind of a guy right that guy who can come in and play when you need him to just you know, there are going to be some options out there for Carolina. But if you move Pesci, you move him for a top six forward. And apparently I saw some um, some reports that if, you know, people, it's Brandon Tanov in Calgary and Brett Pesci in Carolina. Those are like the two top defensemen that, fo- that teams are kind of looking at right now. So if Tanov goes, then there could be a bidding war on Pesci. And at that point, or D'Angelo, too, because... I mean, it's clear that we put D'Angelo on the market. Sure. And and here's my thing when it comes to that Pesci D'Angelo thing. Um, I, I listen. I do not like analytics at all. But I'm just gonna say probabilities here. I think there's a higher probability of us winning the Stanley Cup with Pesci on this roster than D'Angelo. D'Angelo offensively, he's great, but I think the overall play 
pl- the overall player, I, I think would help us a bit more is Pesci. So that's just my Well, stance. I mean, sure, but if you move Tony, you're moving him for cap space. So I'm expecting it's Tony plus somebody else that's on their way out the door too. Although, or something else is out the way door and something else is coming back in to give because you gave up like I think Tony's contract is close to two million. Um, I think it's like right there, like one point eight, one point nine, maybe. But it will say two. I'm so, looking it up right now. So if Tony's out, you're bringing somebody in on the other side of that. Um, whether that's your goaltender, whether that's a forward, but someone's coming in, and then you got to replace Tony. One point six seven five million. Okay. So you're moving him out. Adds one point six million to the to the cap space. You, you already have like in. seven million of deadline cap space. So if you don't use any of that, I'm sorry. I, the, I, this management team just doesn't want to go for it. No, and it's just a. But if you move Tony, you're adding to that. So then you'll have about eight. So. You just have to take a look at okay, who's who's coming back the other way? Because you got to get somebody coming back the other way, right? I mean, it just makes sense that something's coming back the other way. If you move out Tony, right, just for picks or prospects, you know, something small or even future considerations, you're moving him for cap space reasons. Something better be coming back the other way, and you better get a seventh defenseman to replace him because it ain't Dylan Coglin. Yes. Unless I mean, I've heard it sounds like Coglin's having a good season. Oh, he has the like 60-something points, I believe, in the AHL. So, I mean, maybe um, Cogman can come up and surprise us, and that would be awesome. Um, and then maybe that's what they feel. Maybe they feel Coughlin's... Uh, 28 points in 41 games. Okay, maybe they that's feel like... Bad, maybe they feel Coughlin can come in and play pretty well here. And maybe his game has evolved. And I mean, that's very possible. It's been a year since I've seen him play. But I would still his feel comfortable. His skating, though. His skating. Uh, no. Uh-uh. Well, maybe his skating's gotten better. But if you want to go, but you still got to replace, I think, still have to replace and make Coglin your eighth defenseman, not your seventh. But I think Carolina's biggest add. It needs to be a forward, in my opinion. Well, forward goalie. and goaltending. Forward, goalie, and we'll see what they move to get it. They have, they have, they have assets to move. Yes, and I'm only saying for it because, I mean, KK, with his drop-off, uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But he's getting close, so hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, um, that is all for Hur- Hurricanes News. And also, just want to briefly shout out, I thought Whaler's Night was really fun. Um, yes. Just the atmosphere. It was great. Always is. Oh, it is. It's my favorite theme night uh, throughout the whole season. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, well, now we're going to get to recapping the one and only Whalers Night game. But before we do, let's get to our sponsor. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Okay, Sam, this game, our stress levels was through the roof um, at the end of it. And it was probably building up throughout the entire game. Uh, Sam, I thought this game was a game where uh, I think if they play this type, the players play this type of game against Dallas on Tuesday, probably not going to win. Um, no. Because there are a lot of puck management issues that the Hurricanes have had. Yeah, and you can't expect Kochekov to replicate that. No, because that was a perfect game by him. He was that was a spectacular game, and I like yeah. how Adam Gold phrased it. You don't need goalies to be your goalies to be spectacular. You just need the goalie to be solid. And he was spectacular. He was. And you just need to look at the end of the day. Carolina can't do that against Dallas. Right, the final score of this game is one nothing in overtime. You ain't gonna win one nothing game against the Dallas Stars. They have too many options, right? Jack Hughes is just coming back from injury, so he's probably a tad rusty. He looked, he did look dangerous tonight, and he had a couple of opportunities in that line and the power play for New Jersey. I thought was very good. I thought our penalty kill was very bad, and I think Ochekov was the guy who killed the penalty for us. Yes, it was. And on a case, there was probably like one or two where Carolina's penalty kill was very good. The rest, it was Kochekov killed the penalties. Um, and that's what you want from your goaltender when your offense isn't doing anything and your defense isn't really doing anything. Now, there weren't really any like glaring defensive breakdowns or glaring offensive misses really from the Hurricanes as much as Kochekov was very, very good. And the, the chances that that New Jersey got were just their players are very good. Like there wasn't any time where like there were a lot of turnovers. It, 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 I thought this was a game of goaltending and defense. That's what I thought because even with the transition of the puck, we weren't that good. No, I mean, and I, and players were falling all over the ice. They were always losing the puck. I mean, nature said it after the game. He thought the ice was bad tonight. I mean, that's very possible. Yeah, it, it, might, it looked it like could. it was bad. Either they were off or the ice was really bad because it was missed pass after missed pass. They were falling all over the ice. It was rough. They struggled in the neutral zone. It's like I watched this game. It was like New Jersey was trying to, to almost do the whole neutral zone trap thing that they made famous in the early 2000s. But, I mean, I mean I'm happy they won and overtime. But, yeah, you're right. You can't do that against Dallas. No, you, you can't. I think Dallas is a lot better, and they're first in their division, as we're speaking. But it makes you comfortable. But the good thing about this game in Colorado is you saw Tony come in and play well, and that's always a concern, right? Same with Brendan Lemieux. These are two guys who aren't going to play unless there's injuries in the lineup or illnesses in the lineup. And it makes me comfortable knowing, okay, if someone goes down, Tony can play. If someone goes down, Lemieux can play. Lemieux didn't play last night, but Lemieux's been very good 
since Svechnikov has been hurt. So it makes me comfortable, and it makes me happy to know that we have a guy, if you don't move D'Angelo, who can play in important situations and important games if someone's hurt. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, D'Angelo played the second game. I mean, we already talked about him. I think he's been playing very good. Maybe that increases his value if they're able to trade him. Yeah. Um, but, again, if you do, like what we just said, probably need another defenseman if you do. And I think uh, it'll be very telling when we get closer to the deadline if Pesci is a healthy scratch for Tony. Because that'll, that'll signal I'd be two surpri- things. I'd be surprised if Pesci's a healthy scratch. Well, if you healthy scratch Pesci, Pesci, it signals two things. One, you want to get Tony and raise his trade value. And two, you're keeping him healthy to trade him at the deadline possibly too. And then maybe he stays past the deadline, he comes back and plays. But you, you got to get Tony some action before the deadline if you want to move him because you got to raise his trade capital because right now it's not very high because he's not playing. And when he had played early in the season, his defensive lapses were pretty poor. Granted, him and Orlov's lapses were both very poor, and I thought Tony was the better of the two, but he doesn't have the contract that Orlov has, so Orlov was going to play no matter what. Yes. But if if you ever if you see Pesci as a healthy scratch, a lot of teams do that at near the deadline because there's a deal moving around, right? It's coming close. And if that's the case with Pesci, he'll be healthy scratched, or they might healthy scratch him anyway. Let's keep him healthy up to the deadline, get Tony some action, raise his draft capital, and then maybe only one of them gets moved. But that wouldn't shock it would not shock me to see that happen. Yeah, You're I, right. Probably not, but it I wouldn't don't shock see me. it. I don't see it happening. Happening, but if they do, I think it is because of the point that you raised, and which is a valid point. I do think it is, but I just, I just can't see it. Because those are your that. two guys you want to play. So it's risky to put D'Angelo in because he might get hurt, but you don't have a choice there. You need to raise his draft capital. Pesci's capital is already really high, and you don't want him to get hurt because then you waste your your biggest trade chip. Because right now, if you look at the Hurricanes roster, your two biggest pieces to move on expiring contracts where you have no control, in my opinion, are uh, Tara Vinen and Pesci. I think it's very unlikely you move Tavo. Because no, you don't. You need all the offense getting, you Unless you're get. getting something equivalent back. And I just don't know if there's anybody out there that's With equivalent. Term. Yeah. And I think the closest equivalent to him who's a good passer would be Huberdo. And I don't think they want that contract because he's been icky in Calgary. If well, you, Calgary's recently been doing good. They're on a five-game winning streak. So maybe they make the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe another player that's a goal scorer, Kuzmenko, who went to Calgary. I mean, they could look to move him again if they really, really wanted to get another asset back. And then you've got um, Pesci. Those are your two biggest p- trade pieces, right? Yeah. Either, you know, I would view, if I'm going to view a, a player as a rental, though, I'm probably going to view Tavo because he's played well. I think Pesci's had a down year, especially on production. I think he's been eh. But I value Tavo more. I'm more con- I'm more content to move Pesci. I think you're still a contender and you're still very good depending on what comes back your way. Oh, from, I do from too. a Pesci trade. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, th- uh, the next thing that we're going to get to, um, Michael Bunting, Sam. He is starting to become a pest, and I am really happy. Uh, if you remember that Timo Meyer hit, I think that I think that was that might have been on Bunting. I think it was. I mean, Bunting was chirping. And he actually, if you remember, it was a four-on-four for some time because both him and the other New Jersey player, who I'm forgetting, were going at it. I love seeing that. That's part of the reason why you brought Bunting in. 
That's why you have Bunting. That's why you have Lemieux, and that's why you have Tony. Yeah, and Nason too. Three. And Nason. Nason, you have these guys here to be agitators. Nason probably not as much, but really that's why you have Bunting, and that's Tony's bread and butter too. They're guys who are going to go out there and they're going to be feisty. They're not going to take, they're not going to take anything from anybody. I mean, Tony was up there and in people's faces against Colorado. Bunting was against Colorado and against the uh, Devils. I thought Tony was pretty feisty. He was, you know, these are guys who aren't going to let other players bully you around which is why at the end of the day i really value what tony brings more at times than pesci just because pesci's not going to get up there and you know in the playoffs it's tough it's rough you're going to get teams who are going to start to take shots at you especially a team like carolina who's built more with speed and finesse versus rough tough and in your face kind of play so you need those guys out there who can do it bunting lemieux um and Tony are the guys who aren't going to put up with anything. And and, and they, it needs to be purposeful, too. You can't just create chaos. No. Well, you're not, that's not what they're just doing. Just for the sake of chaos. And that's not what they're doing. They're out there retaliating when that's appropriate to retaliate. Yes, exactly. When you want them to send a message of, hey, guess what? You're not going to push this team around anymore. And that's what's the good thing about Tony, about Brendan Lemieux, about Michael Bunting, is those are three guys who are going to be like, yeah, you're not going to push this around anymore. Yes, um, which I think that was one thing Carolina actually... I'll give props to management on free agency. They got tougher. And they needed to, especially after that Florida game. Uh, so props, I will give credit to management. They made the team tougher, uh, but there's still the issue of scoring. Um, and Sam, uh, let's just talk about the goal here in overtime. Our stress levels are through the roof. Um, I don't think we valued possession that much in that overtime. I thought Aho made a stupid play. I or well, I think it might have been Neches, but it there are a few. Wasn't not really his best game. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But in 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 his defense, though. All, a lot of other players were mishandling pucks. Yes, and I think which it, may have been could, an ice it could have been an ice problem. But it was a, it was an, it was a, honestly, an ill-advised shot that created the game-winning goal because that wasn't a shot you take in overtime. No, a but low Natchez, probability. But the thing is, Natchez has been able to pull off those type of shots in overtime before. Yes. But in a game where it has been the way it has been, it was one of those where I think it And the way out. he's been, been performing to that game. So his confidence is through the roof. And then you had a great rebound opportunity. Ajo bats it out of, you know, midair into the net, and that's it. It's a walk-off home run for Sebastian Ajo. You got to hear Brass Bonanza. Yeah, I got to hear Brass Bonanza. I was getting annoyed because I hadn't heard it all night. <laughs> so I love that because I love that goal song so much more than ours. Our I played it one, for you in the car. I know. Our current one is so bad. It's just so bad. It's awful. It's the worst one this team's ever had. That's like the one reason I want to win a cup too. It's like if you win a cup, you retire the goal horn, the goal horn song, and I never got to hear that crap again. I know it's like wildly unpopular. I don't. Opinion, I don't. I don't. I, I hate it. I hate. It. I think it's stupid. I don't mind it mainly because I'm like I just want goals. I want so. goals too, but I still hate the goal song. I would like to do what Buffalo does. Or Washington. Or wash yeah, where each player... Are you talking about the each player? Yeah, each player has their own goal horn, goal song. I want that. That is fun. That gets each player, lets their personality kind of get out there. So I would prefer that over, 
over the crap that we got. And with, the, you know, it would be funny. I mean, with Jacob Slavin's score, and he'd probably be playing some Christian song. I don't care what song yeah. it is. Yeah. I just prefer that. That'd be cool. <laughs> Even I'm not going to like every player's choice for a goal song, but I'm going to like it more than the current one. So You know, uh, the player Connor Sherry? Yeah. Um, when he was with Washington, uh, his choice of his goal song, because I have an old soul when it comes to music. If you guys don't know, uh, his goal song was Sherry from uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Yeah, that's funny. Remember that song? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I really do. But, um, yeah, we win one to nothing. Sam, I think that is the first game that we have been to where we won one to nothing. I've never very been, frustrating. I don't think I've ever been to a game like that before. It was very frustrating. I actually thought New Jersey was going to win, but Kachekov was just playing a lot better. And uh, what he was saying after that game, Sam, uh, during that press conference was so funny. Kachekov? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Un- Kachekov unfiltered. <laughs> it's just, he doesn't know much English. It sounds like the English he knows are um, not uh, are a lot of four-letter words. Lock, <laughs> locker room. Yeah, locker room talk. Talk, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we won. That's the most important thing. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you guys Friday. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.